0: Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 25th official episode. We're primarily going to be talking about the MVP race, but we're really just giving our awards mid-season, post-All-Star break, for every award. All right. Let's talk about, so as you said, we're focusing on MVP, and I
1: think that most people sort of have it down as a three-man race right now. And we're not even going to be talking about necessarily the the guy that we think is going to win it in the end, but more so who's the MVP today so far yeah as in if it were to end today to me and I know you don't agree with this to me right now if it were to end today it would be James Harden and I don't think that James Harden is going to win at the end of the season I think it will be Giannis he was my pick at the beginning of the season and so everybody out there who is putting Giannis as their leader for the you know the MVP ladder and there's all kinds of articles out there I think they're right when no 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 no. an MVP
0: ladder is as but I think it's like statistically like or like you know no an, M- forward, no an mvp ladder is who should be the mvp if that's the case
1: then i disagree yeah okay that's who, what an MVP. Who ladder is. who should be the mvp at the end of the sea, of this season it will probably be honest and my reason that's behind not, that okay that's not what we're arguing because, we don't yeah, care about yeah, we don't yeah. care about that today
0: yeah exactly it's off the table
1: because straight up james harden the numbers that he's put up in the last month or two are probably not sustainable and the kind of usage that he's has right now is probably not sustainable, but if it were to end today, I think it's James Harden.
0: Okay, so yeah, this is where we are. He's James Harden. I am Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is a bit ironic because we just yeah. flipped our picks from the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I had James Harden waiting at the beginning of the season, yeah. but right now you have him as your MVP. Yes, and I have Giannis as my MVP. Yes, tell me why James Harden is your MVP, and I will tell you why you're wrong. All right. So as the you don't second have to, you don't have to throw out a bunch of numbers, just tell me. Yeah, as the second
1: as the second highest usage rating or usage percentage I think of all time. Behind what, like 26, 2017 seven, Russell Westbrook? I don't even know who he's behind, but like I was just watching the game the other night and they said something like that. James Harden has put up like forty three points. In, in like January, he averaged like 43 points per game. Had one of the most incredible winning streaks. And I get, or sorry, not winning streaks, scoring streaks I think we've ever seen. And it's still sort of on that with his 30-point like th- games. How many does he have now? The last time I checked, it was 31. It might be 32 at this point. Um, But that's that's incredible. And so the kind of numbers that he's having, the kind of scoring that he's put up in the last, you know, two months, even is even surpassed, you know, what we're used to from James Harden. The kind of hero ball that he's playing and the kind of, ability for him to just iso and create an entire team's offense I think is unmatched basically ever. And like given right now the Rockets are only the 5 seed. Like they're not whereas you know I think the Bucks are might have the best record they in the league. They have the yeah. best record. In so league. like on paper yeah, like the Bucks are doing a lot better. But even the fact that in a very tight Western Conference that the Rockets are still sort of in pretty high level contention with you know teams like the Warriors and the Thunder is very impressive. And you could easily see a team like the Portland Trailblazers lose a few games and the Rockets pass them. Given, you know, I already said, I don't think that James Harden's numbers are so sustainable and that he'll be able to do this for the remainder of the season, including the playoffs. But for right now, what he's doing, I think it's unmatched in terms of like that value that he's bringing to the Houston Rockets offense and their team as a whole and how many games they're winning. That value is
0: unmatched by anybody in the league right now. This is my problem, though. Yeah. you say that him taking 20 dribbles until there's like seven seconds left in the mm-hmm. shot clock and then him driving or shooting a step back three yes that's that's his value that's why he's the most valuable player and we're not gonna like be yeah, the dudes you yeah, yeah. like who is the most valuable, like, mm-hmm. who is LeBron's the most valuable? Like, yes. first of all, I'll shout out. But, <laughs> no, it's like, obviously the MB- the MVP award is the weirdest award in the league. Cause it's it such just, a strange criteria and storyline yeah, that goes into it. Because would, LeBron would win it every year. But I'm yeah. saying, if you think that that's the value that he brings to the table, mm-hmm. I would say that, one, I don't think that that's, while he's super good at it, I don't think yes. that that's, like, this insane... Kind of value that you that you get mm-hmm. because I I personally I hate Mike D'Antoni's style of offense. Whether you like it or not, whether you enjoy watching James Harden play, I think, I think there's play, like a ceiling on how valuable that can be. How valuable or how good a team can be with that James Harden? Both one leads to another. The thing I think that it's not
1: it's it almost gives him more room to be valuable. I think than it gives than it caps him off because. If you're running everything through him, it basically means that you're investing your entire franchise, whether you win or lose every game is basically
0: just riding on what kind of game does James Harden have. Okay, that also like takes a toll on his on the credibility on, on the credibility of his thirty-five points per game. Yeah. But you also can't argue that ever him going out. And
1: scoring thirty-five points and dropping ten assists and doing this and that, that can't be. is what they need to win every single
0: night. And if he's not doing that, they're not winning games. And right now, they're the fifth best team in the West. I'm saying, and if Lou Williams was the best player on this Rockets team, he could average twenty-five. If they still ran the exact same offense, yeah, he, he probably he could average twenty-five. But you know what their that, record? So you know like, what
1: the record would be? Probably like ten wins. And <laughs> okay. that's that's the value. Say- that's the
0: value is the fact that. This is if not Mike D'Antoni. Whether you like, whether you like it, whether you enjoy watching it, it doesn't matter. Houston Rockets are if, 11 games behind the Bucks. Okay, we'll get to the 11. I want to get to the winning part. Fair later. enough. I want to get to the winning but part. But you later. also can't tell me, like, if you look at
1: the roster around James Harden, that you wouldn't expect them to be 11 games behind the Bucks.
0: I would say with Clint out, with Chris Paul out, like it's gonna happen. Still, I also think this is my this is my other argument to that. Okay. I think. James Harden hasn't been doing this for the entire season. He
1: he's kinda, still averaging he, he's still
0: averaging thirty-seven on the season. One, the Rockets started <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. One <laughs> yeah, one, the Rockets started out like what, like seven and fourteen or something like Very that. Very fair, yes. Two, be like, as mm-hmm. a testament to that, James Harden was not playing that well. Like yes. obviously he's he's James Harden. He's not mm-hmm. he's not gonna be playing bad. But he was not playing like an MVP candidate. Whereas Giannis has been keeping this up for what are we like if anything 60 he games. started off hot, hotter than he is now like james like, i just think he's sustained yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah for just, sure he's sustained excellence for and, 65 and games part of the, now
1: part of that is because like the players around him like chris middleton and malcolm Brogdon, and eric bledsoe mm-hmm. and brooke lopez like they can also contribute at a consistent enough level that like
0: they're gonna be a pretty consistent team i would say that i would expect i would expect that the bucks would come out kind of cold and the Rockets would come out kind of hot because the Rockets you have the same pr- pretty much the same dudes from last year whereas you're there's an adjustment period for the Bucks I, adding Brooke Lopez, Ersan Eli Silva and a new freaking coach yeah
1: and and you can't under you can't understate like the, the, the value best, of that they've been the because, best team
0: in the league the whole time
1: they've fair. been the
0: best team in the league the whole time and Giannis has been putting up the best numbers while also like passing the eye test the best, while also just bringing so much offensive and defensive value to his team for like this entire season. Which is why like I just think I it's I ag- I agree, and that's why it's close. That's
1: why it's a that's why it's a race in the first place. That's why one's not so far in front of the other. But at the same time, like going back to what you said at the beginning about James Harden's like consistency throughout the season. Like Like I said earlier, like, he's still averaging 37 points per game. But I also think, like, this season as a whole for the Rockets, like, they've improved a lot as they've gone through despite losing players to injuries. And I think you have to see some sort of value in that and that they've gotten better at what they're doing and that they've they've adapted to continue to win games. And because, you know, when you have, let's say, you know, throughout the year, if your grades get better in English class, at the end of the
0: year, your English yeah. teacher is more likely to round up your grade because he saw improvement. You're saying we're using that philosophy to judge who wins MVP. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how uh, you're taking his argument. Like, I just don't. I, I don't know how you're taking this fair enough, argument. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, also, I want to talk about defense. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I love pronouncing his name that way. Yeah. He, we're going to get into this later in the episode, but mm-hmm. he, or Rudy Gobert, is my defensive player of the year. Yeah. Okay. Whereas... Like, you can argue, like, Paul George, you can bring him into this MVP discussion also. Mm-hmm. But Giannis brings it on the defensive end to where I know, like, offense as an individual kind of player, offense is valued more than defense because defense is more of a team thing. But just his defensive presence that he brings just kind of, like, captivates your team. And it's just yeah. it's just like another thing that he brings Giannis to the Giannis is table. forced to be the paint protector rim protector because that's not what Brooke Lopez does exactly he's he's, you know, the, he's a wing player who like the Bucks have like a top five defense yes, with Brooke of, Lopez as their starting center that if you told me that at the Giannis. beginning of the season <sighs> huge credit to Giannis but insane,
1: bro. the the reason that I think but I think also you have to remember like James Harden gets a lot of hate for his, for his defense right and given like there are so many clips out there of James Harden just letting his man walk by him. I'm not saying James
0: Harden's a horrible defender.
1: Yes, I'm exactly. just saying, and, and he's, he's much improved this season, I think, as a defender. I as he, a, like he's just like he
0: cares more. A neutral or maybe a minus.
1: Yes, whereas Anthony Cooper is definitely a positive. Yeah, but he's, he's but at the a same time, anchor. Like, you have to think about James Harden's defense as like he's taking a few plays off on defense because of how much he's forced to carry on offense. I don't know how many minutes per
0: game he's playing, but okay, he's you, probably. You like can't tell close me that. You can't tell me minutes. that James Harden's a bad defender or just but, an average defender because he has a forty percent usage rate. I think that contributes to it. That's not the only reason, right? But I think okay, that contributes to it. My point is that you're taking an average defender, even if he was just like yeah, if you, if, even if he had the ability to try fully on de- on defense, mm-hmm. you have an average defender versus a top three defensive player in the league. You think Giannis top three defense player in the league this year? This year, okay. This year, you have, um, you you have that, and I would say that while defense isn't everything, and it's definitely not valued as heavily as offense when talking about one individual player, I think it's a more than like barely significant kind of thing that we have to. Take into consideration when we're talking about the MVP. Definitely, just, I mean, especially because you have bo- especially, especially, yeah, to, ha- basketball. When you're talking yeah. about winning, yeah, the Bucks are putting up like 110 a night, mm-hmm. but they're also yeah, they have a top three, de- they have a top five defense with Brook Lopez as your starting center, and you also have Urson Ilyasova as a power forward, both very bad defenders, mm-hmm. and you have Giannis who can be a wing defender or a rim protector. Those that's just I keep using the word valuable. And I told myself... But wasn't it's called most valuable player. It makes sense. I'm not going to... But, like, obviously we're not going to take that face value. But I just think that he brings so many different things as well. And also he can For just sure. play one through four. And on defense he can guard one through five. That that just... It's so valuable, man. Like, um, Giannis just, might be able to play one through five.
1: Like... Yeah. The, essentially, defensively, he's kind of playing center. So maybe he's not matching
0: up with the center, but he's playing a center kind of defensive role. And, yeah, and so like, I'm, being I'm the anchor saying, of your defense. I'm but, saying, like come on like that's he, he beats him in that regard I would also say that you said that he had like to to your argument that he had a really high usage percentage mm-hmm. usage rate I originally viewed that as a negative why do you think that that's a positive thing him having such a high usage percentage or usage rate is just a
1: testament to sort of the point I was trying to make to start with and I which I think it's sort of kind of the only point you can really make as to why James Harden is the MVP of like just how much they rely on him on offense. Basically, the Houston Rockets offense, the Houston Rockets wins basically equals just how well James Harden is playing on the offensive side of the ball. And that that usage percentage, that usage rate basically just signifies how much James Harden means to this team in specific. And as long as this team is winning games, then every one of those wins, you've got to look at James Harden and be like, he's basically responsible for that. He basically just did that by himself. And so, like, with 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 Chris Paul and Clint Capella out. You're saying he's just more responsible for the wins? I'm saying that every time the Houston Rockets win a game, you've got to give James Harden more
0: credit for that win than then you can give Giannis Antetokounmpo for that win.
1: Even,
0: the, even if Giannis Antetokounmpo does more. Are you saying more just because of his teammates or more because he just dribbles the ball 20 times? I'm
1: saying more because the the Bucks don't rely on Giannis. Well, they rely on him to do more different things. They don't rely on him as heavily for any one thing as I think that the Houston Rockets rely on James Harden for one entire
0: side of the basketball. Okay, so that's why you're saying I can't penalize James Harden for doing one thing where Giannis is like five. Yes, I'm saying like
1: if that usage rate is just A statistic that shows how much they rely on james harden and my whole argument is that because they rely so hard so so much on james harden
0: for offense then that should that shouldn't be a negative right if anything should be a positive um also are you saying that do you think that james harden the fact that he is like no help around him especially with chris paul and clint capella being out does that like help him or hurt him or is it just like notable as it, for his
1: career as a whole, it's no, going to make him about, very hard to I'm, get anywhere. But no, I'm like, talking about, like, this...
0: Does it help for the him, MVP ever hurt him win
1: MVP right now? It makes his numbers look good. It doesn't help that he's going to be the... You know, he's going to end up as, like, the fourth or fifth seed in the West, maybe even lower. Whereas the Bucks are going to be the number one seed or, you know, number two seed or something like that. Right? So, just basically... Like, the, the Houston Rockets would have to finish as a top three seed for James Harden to win MB, uh, MVP. And if their guys are injured and if they and if their guys like even when Chris Paul has been in the season he has not been playing well and i think that that's true part of the reason like you know when you said at the beginning of the season that like they didn't start off very quickly like part of that has to be contribute has to be contribute to that or has to be blamed sort of on that even though James Harden didn't start off with the most stellar you know beginning of the season um i sort of lost my train of thought but like <laughs> th- so i think that those those guys like it's going to be hard for james harden
0: to to win a top to get a top three seed in the west without those guys and you're saying but, that but the fact, the fact that he's a five seed in a tough west makes that more impressive well but even so like the five seed is not going to be enough for him to win the for him to win the mvp and why are you saying he's going to win it now i'm not saying that he's going to win it at the end of the season i said I'm saying now right now james harden is the mvp but then like why doesn't he have to be a top three seed Like, in your eyes. Because the season's not over. Which is
1: kind of a very strange argument, but, like, in a sense, we haven't (laughs) seen... Well, I mean, the West is so close. We haven't seen as many wins as they're going to have. So, like, if you count... You kind of, like... The way that they started off the season is more of a tribute to how good of a streak he has had over the last two months than it is to, like, say, like, James Harden shouldn't win MVP, I feel like. Because for him to go on a streak where they've won that many games i don't know what they started off but it was bad it was you know like seven and like 15 or something like that for them to then come back and have you know one have won eight more games than they've lost they're like 33 and 25 i think that shows you know what a hot streak they're on and that's so so much responsible for just the kind of scoring that james harden's been doing
0: yeah i was just trying to like kind of feel out if you we're going to make the argument that, like, he has bad teammates and he's still doing this and he's still winning with bad teammates. Yeah. Because, like, that's, like, why Russell Westbrook and I think, won MVP. Uh, yeah, and I think that
1: that, that is definitely – that's that's what I mean though, when I say, like, his numbers, right? Like, on paper, that makes him look very good. That Like, he's doing this without, you know, without teammates and he's putting up these numbers and, like, he's leading to wins. But then at the same time, like, when you take into account that their record's not going to be nearly as good as the other – you know, one or two guys, they're going to finish an MVP voting, but for him, then like
0: it's I, kind of a negative as well. I also kind of want to bring up the like, I'm just like on basketball reference right now, mm-hmm. but if you look at the numbers, it just kind of supports that James Harden, while he is carrying them, I would say he, he's carrying the Houston Rockets. Yeah. I would say that it's not like Giannis has this huge, huge advantage with like when he's on the court when james harden's on the court the rockets are amazing and then when he's off the court they're terrible like low-key if you look at the on off like plus minus per 100 possessions like mm-hmm. the rockets have three when he's on the court a plus three and a plus three when he's off the court like i understand a lot of that can be like garbage time because james harden plays like 37 minutes a game mm-hmm. but i would say like like i mean numbers don't really lie. but no yeah i like then there's a the, lot of factors
1: that go into advanced stats that, like, you can't even really see beyond just watching the game. Yeah, I was just going to say,
0: but, like, Giannis has, like, a plus 12.5 when he's on the court and then a plus 9, which is still really good. Yeah. But and they're, like, but both even, a lot higher than 3. But even like,
1: just, like, it's just the, maybe the most significant thing about that stat is, like, the fact that they're plus 12.5 when he's on the court and the Rockets are plus 3. That shows, like...
0: How much more success the Bucks are having this season, and that's yep. going to be one of the biggest arguments then, for. it. But then you also see that there's a f- there's a 3.5, 3.5 drop 3.5 off, yeah, yeah. and then there's no drop off for James Harden. Mm-hmm. I would say also like kind of weird like
1: mathematical mathematical like discrediting, but like, I mean smaller sample <laughs> size, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's, you know just like more minutes that's true. that he's on the court. Yeah, you can see like if they're just like playing the Hawks and just. Now all of a sudden, Austin Rivers gets to go gets to go ham on the on the <laughs> on the Hawks bench. Like, I could totally see that being a thing. So I would just, yeah, it just it bugs me when the Rockets say or when Rockets fans and James Harden fans just say that like he like the Rockets are a disaster without him. I think no, they're not a good team, but I I don't think that James Harden is just like the savior that just. But if you were to miss a whole game, it would be a disaster
1: right like yeah or the is if you play if you play the four other starters with like austin rivers okay you could say that with the lakers then if you play the four other starters with austin rivers they can probably hold their own for like a minute or two while james harden's on the bench without giving you
0: know without letting the other team go on a 10 point run if you do that for a whole game it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot worse but but you can say that about like so many teams in the league mm -hmm, that's true any team that doesn't have two all-stars that's true and And you also maybe, you know, maybe that's partially due to Mike D'Antoni, you know, staggering
1: minutes that James Harden's only off the court when the other other team's best players are off the court. But I don't know. That's you made a good point. Right. And I'm just sort of come with coming up with reasons why
0: the numbers maybe are not entirely accurate. Yeah. Which which does happen. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's those are my arguments. Primarily, Giannis plays defense really, really, really well. So that's Mm -hmm. that's valuable. His on-off numbers and just kind of like, however, may, they may be misconstrued, but like, the bucks are significantly worse when with he when he is off the court, whereas James Harden probably the same case. But I feel like that just like weakens the argument of James Harden has no help. Three, they're just winning. They're the best team in the in the NBA. Whereas people probably wouldn't expect that. How much of that is up to Coach Budenholzer? Some, but I would just say that like. It's notable that his performance has kind of elevated them to be the best team in the NBA and they're just they're not even beating people. They're blowing people out. If you go to the Milwaukee Bucks page on basketball reference, they have I'm like I can't show it on the screen, but they have so many like blowouts, blowouts by like a good 20. Like mm-hmm. all these big things are just 20 points. So I would just say the Bucks have been so dominant and part of that is because they have a well-built team well built team
1: two all-stars this year
0: <laughs> but i would just say like part of it is just like i don't know giannis is just kind of like took this team to another level in my opinion Un- so, yeah obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously like we're not arguing like who's a good player cuz they're both <laughs> better players but i would just say that's why i think that giannis atekoumbo is my mvp closing Aren't... arguments <laughs> that
1: was fun um i I don't know. I'm just like sort of scrolling through Basketball Reference. I noticed James Harden's per 100 possessions numbers this season: 47.9 points per game. That's pretty ridiculous. For for mm. a comparison, Giannis's are like 38. But like, I don't know. That was interesting. That was but, interesting. Uh, but yeah, I would just say I I hope to see the Rockets win some more games. On James Harden's back I think that's very entertaining you know whether you like his free-throw shooting or not or you know Whether you criticize him for for that or whatever. I think it's very interesting watching on any given night James Harden Totally backpack this team hitting and one threes and step backs and Keeping games close against some of the best Opposition in the league and I think that's entertaining and I think that Come the end of the season Giannis will still probably win MVP, but at least for now, it's hard to look over the kind of scoring streak and the kind of numbers that James Harden are, is putting up on a night-to-night basis in the and the, 30 points on 32 games or whatever, you know, like uh, on th- for 32 straight games. Like that that consistency that, he's ha- consistency that he's had recently with that high of numbers
0: and that high of usage
1: is very impressive.
0: Okay. Those are our thoughts for the MVP and leave us your thoughts down below in the comment section if you're on YouTube. Let us know which side you agree with. Yeah. Maybe we'll add in a poll or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. I know we also kind of disagree on that. We're not going to have as big of a debate with it, mm-hmm. but I would say that I know you have Paul George, correct? I do, yeah. And I have not Paul George. No. I have Rudy Obert. The field. <laughs> I mean, like, Yeah. I, I have Rudy Gobert or Giannis. Uh huh. The only other guy who I think is re- really has a chance is Joel Embiid. I was um, thinking Joel Embiid, but then I actually looked at his kind of like on-off numbers and just kind of like his defensive rating, and it's like not as good as you would think. So, yeah, I, I also, just know, like, when when people are talking about Defensive Player of the Year race, they mention Joel Embiid as, like, yeah, like, that fourth like, guy. guy. When but, We were talking about this, like, two weeks ago, and I, I mm-hmm. was, like, I was arguing with you, because you were saying Paul George, and my big guy was Joel Embiid, and I was just, like, bullshitting. Because, like, mm-hmm. I didn't, but, like, if you look at the numbers, I still think it's either Rudy Gobert or Giannis. And, obviously, Defensive Player of the Year, it's not something that you can just be, like, oh, yeah, like, he's really developed a step back or he's just averaging 35 a game, it's like it, like you can't measure it in steals. You can't really measure yeah, it in yeah, blocks. Yeah. It's just kind of like who is the best defensive player on one of the top defensive teams and has just been playing really good defense. And, yeah. Yeah, because defense in general is just so – it's really hard to judge, and it's really hard yeah. to capture. Uh, part. Right, so let me get into why I say Paul George.
1: To be to be honest, part of it, and you're gonna think this is kind of strange, but like this is part of my thinking, is like if I had a vote. I think Paul George has had such a good season and has been an MVP conversation, but probably he not gonna win MVP something. that he deserves some recognition. <laughs> that's like part of my thinking behind this. That's, but even outside of weird. that, even outside of that, the Oklahoma City Thunder are third in the West right now, only four games behind the Golden State Warriors, as of, what is it, February 23rd. So, clearly the Thunder are one of the best teams in the league. One of the best defensive teams in the league as well. But, even though, you know, Russell Westbrook is probably, a, we would consider an above average defender. Steven Adams is one of the best defensive centers in the league. This team is a very well-rounded defensive team. They've got a lot of guys who play pretty good defense. I think Paul George is the standout guy on this defense and the way that he's able to lock down the other team's best wing player, the way that he's able to poke the ball loose, block shots, just kind of do it all on the defensive end, sort of be um, a little bit of a Swiss Army
0: knife, both on offense but, you know, but especially on defense because this is defensive player of the year, obviously. With um, that, I would also say Giannis is more of a Swiss Army knife. Maybe. Maybe. Just because yeah. I think he can guard one through five, you know? I think Paul George could guard, guard one, one through, through four. four. Yeah. And also, just I think Giannis just protects the rim a little bit better, or a lot a bit better. But I don't think he has the same
1: kind of quick hands and ability to create turnovers in the same way. He's going to block more shots, but the way that Paul George can sort of create havoc out on the perimeter I think is very unique, and there's not many guys that are his size – that can do that. You see a lot of guards throughout NBA history that have been able to, you know, cause a lot of havoc from the other team's ball handlers. And they don't but they don't win Defense Player of the Year. So, yeah, the it's last pretty one rare. Is, the like last one is Gary Payton. Payton. Yeah, yeah. But, um, the way that Paul George is able to do that at 6'9", so he's still able to guard a lot of different positions and switch and be a very versatile defender, I think is very valuable and is a huge part of the reason that the thunder i don't have the you know numbers in front of me but are
0: up there with the best best defensive teams in the league along with the milwaukee bucks to be fair and the utah i think the utah jazz are actually good at defense again which is also why throughout the season for sure yeah but then again like defense isn't something you can really have like a slump in so i'm gonna assume that if rudy gobert is like a top like four three defensive player in the year or defensive player in the league that he was that three months ago so like it's not something that you can argue like how james harden like got off to a slow start like it's not like yeah. Rudy go bear like got off to a slow start because like oh he just like wasn't that good at like shifting which i think like you, yeah it again like this award is like so hard to measure but i would say especially with this i think you you kind of almost assume that they've been doing what they do on the defensive end for the whole year. And I would say that I think the Bucks have been good the whole year and the Thunder have been good the whole year. The Utah Jazz, like statistically, their defense hasn't been as good, but I don't know if we can fault Rudy Gobert for that because, again, it's not like he's he is just playing worse defense. Yeah. Also, hey. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Just my case for Rudy Gobert – best rim protector in the league agreed um defensive anchor of now a top five defense i think they might be top three but yeah yeah but i i like maybe just their Mm -hmm. slow start kind of kind of held them back from that yeah and he's just the man (laughs) he's He's just the man man. he he, he won it last year while playing like 60 games because can't you make man just the man argument for all three of the guys we just named life hacks um, <laughs> or, is, we, or is or is Rudy okay. Gobert uniquely the man? He's uniquely the man. Okay. Also, I met him this summer, so I love him. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I would just go. I would just go Giannis because I think he's just a bit more, more of a Swiss Army knife, and he also can just be a rim protector while also defending on the perimeter, and mm-hmm. also he's making a on paper not great defensive team front court wise a good defensive yes, team. Yes. Yes.
1: That's, Chris, that's if my we pitch. count Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's a good defender, but
0: I don't think he's a front-court player. I, I was just he's, he's, I was he's talking about, the wing. he was talking you, about, you just power forward, yeah, yeah. center? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean they do have good defensive guards with mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. All right, let's move on to rookie of the year. I think that this one should be pretty clear. Luca.
1: Yeah, Luca, and the other, only Next. other guy
0: who's even really close would be DeAndre. Next. But it's Port not. sure young. young, don't sleep. Don't.
1: All right, he's picked it up. He's picked it up
0: for sure. Trey Young is becoming one of my favorite players in the league. I know you said this during the uh, skills challenge. He's he's a really cool
1: dude. Yeah, (laughs) I still can't believe Tatum hit that half court shot to win the skills challenge. That was very impressive, and that was sort of payback because Trey Young started that
0: trend earlier in the skills challenge, like to to make it out of the first round. You can't make that up. You can't make that up. Unbelievable. But yeah, Luca. The, the, yeah, that's like the, the least Don. the least interesting <laughs> the least that's the least interesting award by far, least competitive. Yeah. Good job, Luca. Next. Kind of a runaway. Next. Um, Next. all right, coach of the year. I think you would
1: agree that it's down to the two mics, Mike Malone, Mike Budenholzer. I have Mike Budenholzer. Agreed. Um, they're the coaches of the Denver Nuggets and Milwaukee Bucks, respectively. And I think that you already sort of touched on it in um, your two Giannis arguments for MVP and if it's player of the year. But this team is so much better than they were last year. And a, <laughs> if you look at, like, what's different? Like, My okay, God. their players have gotten a little bit better, like Giannis and Malcolm Brogdon and, like, their young guys. And they signed a few dudes. But... Like Brooke Lopez and
0: Ersan and Sova. But outside of that, the only <laughs> Outs- difference? Outside of getting better and then also getting better, outside of that. <laughs> but... Like none of that is very significant. It's
1: like okay. it's not like they went outside went out and signed, like a huge free yeah. agent or like made a big trade or anything. Outside of that the the biggest difference is a change in coaching staff and that is Mike Budenholzer. So, shout out to my man Mike Bud. I called that at the beginning of the season just <laughs> to put it out there. Just to put but, it out there. So, yeah, just so, saying. But,
0: yeah, but uh, this okay. team is just way better. Like that's kind of it. Just for a hypothetical argument. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I'll say like, why Mike Malone could be the coach of the year. Yeah, go for it. Mike Malone could have gotten fired this offseason. He could, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of crazy, which is just- why I kind of want him to win it because he legitimately could have gotten fired. Mm-hmm. Because the Nuggets kind of just underachieved last year and they have signed nobody. And in case you haven't noticed, they're 40 and 18, which makes them the second best team in the West and maybe the third best team in the league. Thinking, they've signed no. Who, who did they add this year? Isaiah Thomas hasn't played a minute. Now he has. Okay, yeah. Like, but he's played, like, in two games, maybe. Uh, Isaiah Thomas has played two games. Michael Porter, who who he drafted, has not played. Mm -hmm. And I don't... Gary Harris and Jamal Murray both went out with injury. Okay, like, the only improvement that you're supposed to have is, I guess, just those two improving internally. and age. Yeah, and Jokic as well. And while that is definitely part of it, I think that mike malone he's kind of improved their defense i think what what's gonna make me say that mike malone check the box your coach of the year is if he if is if isaiah thomas can play without big time minutes defensively yeah it just i'll, I'll just check the box it doesn't it doesn't matter how good the bucks are if, if you can really. make like isaiah thomas like not decent, a liability yeah decent and like i forget when they do the award but i think that If Isaiah Thomas can play in a playoff series and, like, have him be a good player for you, because, like, obviously with the Celtics, his offensive value kind of outweighed his defense. But that's not the case anymore. Pull the James Harden. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's not the case anymore. So if you're still going to say that Isaiah Thomas, we want you to play minutes. You're going to have to make him not a bad defender. And if he does that, That's hard to do with a five nine guy. Yeah, if, if he does that, it's game over. Like, I'll give him three Coach of the Year awards. Three. 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 He, he deserves all of them. For, like, the next three years? Yes. Okay. Just, just yeah. Isaiah Thomas, hard to hide. Most improved player. So, so that's the X factor okay. there for Coach of the Year. I, I, who okay. who, who would have thought? Okay. Most thought? improved player. Um, Spicy Pete pascal siakam you say pascal siakam i say buddy healed fair enough
1: i think Um, that he's he's definitely the contenders it can't be a sophomore basically just doesn't happen everyone out here is saying
0: deer and fox deer fox Fox has made the biggest jump but he's not going to win because because,
1: because obviously rookies to sophomores
0: are going to make a jump i forget the last person but his teammate buddy healed um I, f- I forget the last sophomore to win. I think Tracy McGrady did it, like a really long time.
1: Let's ago. talk about the Kings briefly. Like,
0: the, they've all of a sudden become like
1: an actually like close to playoff team. They can make kind the of, playoffs. Ever. That, that's kind of just because De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hield are a deadly front court offensively. Okay, and so why would you say Pascal Siakam over Buddy Healed? Pascal Siakam was in and out of the G League last year, and now he is
0: one of the most important pieces on one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. That's that's a good argument. I thought it was a runaway with Buddy Healed, and everyone was just kind of gassing out Spicy P mm-hmm. until he dropped forty four, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, this dude's the real deal. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But I still think that Buddy Healed just hes averaging a solid twenty, bro. Yeah. He's averaging a solid twenty. And it's just it's it's like he put up decent numbers last year for the the Pelicans Pelicans. and for the Kings. It just looks better too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm not up here like staying up until midnight watching Kings games. Right. But just from what I see, I think that this dude like has made a big jump in terms of his playing style. In terms of like his mentality too, did you see like last night or two nights ago, where he was going off? He was pulling them against like the Warriors, I think, from like the logo and making shots and bringing him back in it. And then I think the coach drew up something that like he was a decoy, and he was like visibly angry. He was like, "Let me be the shot. I'm the guy. Let me be the mm. guy." And I just I that just mentality love that, is much improved. I love that, and he's yeah, like, back. He's honestly, back to the confidence he had at
1: Oklahoma. Except not in college Except but in the NBA. NBA. Yeah. And that's, that's that's significant. That's pretty
0: phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So Buddy Healed still probably my vote. The only other two guys are probably John Collins and Derrick Rose. Oh yeah, people are probably yelling Derek Rose. Okay, if you like wanna get this like huge Derrick Rose rant off your chest, just leave it in the comments. I don't think <laughs> I don't think you should win it. I think like people get too attached to to their love for Derrick Rose. He dropped of four and four and the Knicks. Yeah, average 18, four and four and the Knicks. Shout out PB the plug. <laughs> I think that people c- get kinda blinded by that, right? To where they think he, he they just want him to win an award so badly. I do too, to be fair. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I just And but let's move on to yeah. the other one he could
1: win. Six man of the year. Oh. I don't think it's gonna happen either. I don't think it's gonna happen either. <laughs> but at the same, like if people really want him to win one, he like potentially could, um, but my sixth man of the year, he's gonna be De Sabonis. Um, to put it up, you know, to sum it up in a couple sentences, while he's coming off the bench behind Miles Turner, there's basically been no drop off at their big man position. The offense that he's brought is greater than Miles Turner's. Miles Turner's still in there for. His defensive ability and his, shot, and his shot blocking room protecting ability. But there's people all the time are like, why isn't DeMottis Bonus starting? It's because the value that he brings off the bench is so valuable to this Pacers team and is a big part of the reason why, even though Victor Oladipo is out for the season, the Pacers are still legitimately like the third seed in the East and, and legitimately a playoff threat. Now that they're going to go and make how the Eastern good, Conference Finals. How good but is like, that for the Pacers?
0: Like, to have, to yeah, have him like coming off the bench? like That's so clutch. That's like, such a privilege. It, it wasn't a throw-in piece for the Paul George trade, but it was very much an afterthought. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm just like, damn, Like, good for you. you. Really got, yeah. Good for you, Indiana. Yeah. For me, I don't want to be lame, but like Lou Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be lame, but like the Clippers have been good this season. With Lou Williams as their second best player and now their best player. And they're still, like, not bad. And I would say that if you're the best player on a team or the second best player on a team and you're the sixth man and you're putting up 19.8 points per game. Is he better than Gallinari, you think? Yeah. I would say so. Like, Gallinari's been having a good season, but I would still say Lou will. Definitely.
1: I think Gallinari's
0: probably better. Like, that's such, like, really? Yeah. In terms of, like, just purely how good they are. Mm. i would say like who would the warriors want more gallery was almost Gallinari
1: was almost an all-star this year mm. i just want to put that out there like just because yeah. just because of his
0: efficiency so efficiency is a thing yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> like that's it just like oh yeah only because he was really inefficient like that that that's a thing there's so many people that it could be it's weird you have like dennis schroeder uh spencer dinwiddie even d'angelo, D'Angelo russell didn't qualify but like he would, he would come off the bench some games. Derrick Rose. You just have all these dudes that like have been having really productive seasons off the bench, especially guards. Like I think like yeah. having really good backup point guards this is the a new wave in the NBA for some reason. Because mm-hmm. then you can also like slot them at the shooting guard, and then maybe put put your shooting guard small forward, and then just like run that lineup for a little bit. Just, they can just come
1: in and just be like a deadly offensive threat, yeah. just to like, like create a small ball lineup. In like, for sure
0: in the top kind of four. Like, for the top like five or six uh, six Man of the Year Award winners are point guards. Dennis Schroeder, Derek Rose, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Lou Will. Oh, right. well, Lou Will's a shooting guard, but he plays like a point guard. You get the point. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Um, all right. That all covers right. all the awards.
0: Yeah. We covered all of the awards. Leave your thoughts and give like your opinions in the comment section down below. And that'd be pretty cool. And we hope you enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast and on Twitter at SpaceTheFloor. We've been more active on Twitter recently yeah. with, uh, you know, tweeting during games
1: and stuff. So it's a good way to keep in touch with us, see our thoughts. So definitely do that.
0: Yeah. And leave this like, subscribe, and we hope you enjoyed. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flattery. And see you next time. Peace.